live on Junkhead, we've got Kike from Dayton still. Are you still living up in Dayton, my man? From Dayton, still Dayton. Hell yeah, man. The DYT, that shit goes hard as fuck nowadays. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, this year, last year. Um, it's been slowly diminishing, yet um, Dave Chappelle is hanging around. So, um, there must, you know, there's still some nice things about it, I think. Oh, 100%. And I, uh, there's something really special about that whole area with, like, you know, the kind of weird connection to music that it has where it, you know there's some like random really cool bands that have kind of popped out of there it's a it's a special place in the midwest that kind of gets overlooked and i'm kind of i kind of hung out there a little bit as like a younger man and i i'm glad of that because i think it's neat yeah i like um i like dayton it's it's known as the dirty dyt and i like a little bit of dirt um i live just far away from it where i can get a break if i need to but when i when i go back when i step in uh before all you know all this uh i don't pandemic stuff happened uh i used to hang out a good bit and uh yeah i I miss it a little bit like uh going to the bars or i don't even drink but you know just meeting the people was the best part i think technology is so much fun and (laughs) then Um, oh dude that's perfect i'm gonna like when i edit that out i'm gonna clip back into like like that moment when you're on the auto tune (laughs) (laughs) and we're back and we're back uh we had a little technical issue there but no big deal we were just kind of talking about different uh you know dayton talk and stuff like that and specifically Chappelle, because, like, I mean, that guy was somebody and still is somebody that is just so good and so inspiring at comedy. I was, you know, just thinking about, like, other names that kind of pop up into my head when that, like, you know, when he gets thrown around. And, like, I mean, we were talking about him before the pod, but, like, Tim Dillon is setting a high watermark right now. Oh, hell yeah, man. Um, Dude, uh, you want to know something about um, a a simple, subtle way to brag is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Dave Chappelle has been hosting shows in Yellow Springs. And uh, it's like really tough to get a ticket right now. But anybody who goes gets this like special Dave Chappelle mask. And it, it, (laughs) so... I see people all around wearing the, wearing that shit, man. And uh, I want in so bad. I have yet to try to buy a ticket to go, but I want it. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like uh, recently when I tried to buy a Switch, and I, I, I noticed that the Switch is amazing, but I just never, I never bought one. I don't know why. I just continually want something, and I haven't gone for it yet. I know the feeling, man. I'm like that with like guitars most of the time. Like if I, if I see like any kind of uh, something like, like a Fender Jaguar or like one of those like old Gretsch guitars, I just like, I am on a constant quest to be able to find one yet never actually have any of the funds to be able to do so. (laughs) Longing for something is so underrated. It's badass. Yeah. Yeah. Like just to, just to like, 
I know it's a very old school thing, but like the passing by the shop window and just like looking in and being like, Oh my God, I want that. That is so awesome. Like it's a very human feeling. Have you seen a house that's really awesome? And you just, you just look by and you go, damn, maybe later. Not now. Oh yeah. Like I live in, um, I live in Clifton in Cincinnati, which is where UC is, but on the, it's like UC is on the south side and on the north side is like the older residents of Clifton, not really college students. And the homes there are just insanely gorgeous old Victorian homes from like the early 19th, like or 20th century or like late 18th or 19th century, excuse me. And you, you just like walk by them and it's just so hard not to just stand out in front of their residence, just like an asshole, just like kind of gawking. (laughs) Like like, people would be so easy back then. You ever think about that before? uh, Not, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm not doing it, but uh, (laughs) yeah, uh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Cause like you just going in someone's house and then leaving. Cause there's no ringling. There's no, none of that shit. As soon as you walk in, you, you can leave immediately. And then you never return. No one would know unless uh, they had a butler or a dog. Yeah. Well, and even then you just like grow a beard and like move three towns over. And it's like, you don't exist. Like, <laughs> like, like, they're like, yeah, we never saw that again. Guy again. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, he's 25 miles away. <laughs> like, yeah. With my memory, you could change a shirt, really. Uh, I have the worst, like, um, time with faces. You know how people have, like, oh, I remember faces, but I don't remember names? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I can't remember names or faces too well. So you have to really make an impact. You have to do – for me, you have to do better. You you can't just uh, say hi, uh, and we can't can't be pleasant. You have to make some sort of impact. Uh, One impact you made – yeah, I'm getting into it, is uh, we shared a large barbecue chicken pizza at the place, the pizza place where you used to work, and it was hot barbecue. Do you remember that? Oh, my God, yeah, dude. I, I was actually <laughs> going to bring that up on the pod, too, about us working at Milano's together. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. That was a lovely experience. You were probably my favorite person to, like, I've ever worked with. You were the closest one to, like, somebody I – constantly thought like i thought about after work and i thought man i should chill with that guy and i actually did chill i don't really do that often i don't really chill with people from work but you you really stuck out man and i think you really went out of your way to to like you know chill with me and that was awesome yeah you were you were always super fun to talk like you've always been a super funny guy um and like when i saw when I, I knew the band was going to pop off and do well because you were a hell of a bass player. Um, oh, with thanks, a, man. Well, and with a really, really deep knowledge of both your instrument and like the genres that you want to make, which is something that you want to see when people craft music. You want to see somebody that, you know, is metaphorically hit the books with the music that they love. They, they know the ins and outs and they've learned from it. And like, when you would talk about like genres that inspired you, it was like, wow, this dude is passionate about what he likes and is 
clearly like spent the hours late at night listening to all the records and like reading the the wikipedias and stuff like that and it was really really cool and then like i saw you getting into comedy and i was just like oh shit he's funny now too oh he gonna <laughs> fuck the game up he's gonna <laughs> fuck the game up <laughs> well i'm gonna have to see in 10 years like i did music like all the all the homework I didn't do, all the chicks I didn't go for, all the, I, I mean, all the cookies I ate, I ignored, <laughs> I ignored my health. I fucking went for it, man. I just, I just spent all my time doing music. So I'm thinking, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have it down. I don't have music down or anything like that, but I, 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 I am really excited by comedy. I am really excited. I've always been in it. Like, invested in and interested in it like uh like we were just talking about stand-up comedians but i also really like youtubers now i also really like um podcasting and you know podcasting and stand-up they're they're now one in the same you know it, it is yeah. it is now where they all are going to unless they're you know unfortunately you know doing some sort of parking lot like outside social distancing fucking <laughs> mask wearing fucking uh quarantine ass show you know um i gotta I give a, a shout out to him but uh did you see mark norman's like he posted a video of him like bombing at like a coronavirus pandemic stand-up set it was You're it, it was so yeah. good hell yeah i've seen that I, it was the saddest and best thing I've seen like this entire year. I it's the funny thing is he thought he ate it, but at least from the editing, I thought he murdered as as much yeah. as you could murder without an umbrella and it's raining. I thought he killed. Yeah, because it was just at a certain point, like man, give yourself a little bit of slack. Like everything was against you for the set, and all all things considered, you did get some laughs for it. But God, yeah. that. That shit is wild. And I, and I, I agree with you with the podcast thing. Like I, I, I've been a long time listener of podcasts and to see them really grow, you know, to the point where, I mean, Joe Rogan's getting a hundred million dollar deal from Spotify. And like, yeah. I mean, you have like guys like uh, Chapo Trap House and Come Town making hundreds of thousands of dollars on Patreon. Like, Holy I shit. mean, the game is incredible. And it's, I, I like it too, because it, it seems to have given an alleyway for people who were good at stand up but weren't really popping off in that necessary area. And mm. now because of their podcast, they allow themselves to like, they're putting out two different types of creative projects and really can grow their audience in like a new way. And man, so many cool people like, like uh, we were talking about it tim dylan is a great example of somebody yeah. like that dude makes like like over thirty thousand dollars a month on patreon and Whoa, you know you keep you keep an eye out on that stuff that's really cool for, so for some of them like i've kind of been interested because like i mean i would love I'm not going to lie. I would love to make that type of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'll be the, I'll go on record. I am a fan of like Chapo Trap House and Cumtown, And like, it is insane how much money those podcasts are making. Like I, I was just looked at it like the other night and Cumtown is pulling in $60,000 a month. Wow. Holy shit. 
And I yeah. think that goes a long way with, um, you know, there's a lot of people putting like money walls on top of things. Um, and d just there's this free content out and you're making a name for yourself. You're putting out this product and obviously you can make money a ton of different ways. Patreon merch, um, only fans kicks, you know, what, whatever you want to make money off of. And I like yeah. how the, the smaller people and they're getting good numbers too. Like, I mean, I obviously, um, you mentioned Joe Rogan. Yeah. He gets bigger numbers than like sitcoms do these days. And, um, I think there's good reason for it. I mean, it's a little bit more, you know, quote unquote, lo-fi than Hollywood would like it, but he, he speaks the truth, um, or his truth. And he says whatever's on his mind, and I, I think that's, I think that's really admirable. Yeah, I, I, I think he's, honestly, I think he's really, not only great for podcasting, but I mean, I'll go on record with it. Like everything that I've read about Joe Rogan, like is, and like I've heard like dumb rumors and stuff, but like, okay, for all the like dumb rumors that I heard. I also know for a fact that like when I went out to like LA and like visited the comedy store, one of the reasons that they had a brand new sound system is because Joe Rogan basically paid for it because the comedy store was running out of money. Oh, wow. That's really and cool. Yeah. And it's just like, that's a good dude. That's somebody who cares about the community. And that's not even counting like, I mean, to be mad real about it, you end up on Joe Rogan's podcast, you were, you're going to blow up a little bit. Like if yeah. you're a new upcoming comic, you're going to get hot. Like I really think happened. it's up to you, you know, for the yeah. most part. Like if, if you bring your A game, um, if you're there to listen, to not just do bits or whatever, um, you're part of the podcast, you know, um, and you're not just doing your own thing. I think you could really blow up there. Oh, for sure. Uh, Andrew uh, Santino is a really good example of that. Like, had some great, yeah, had great episodes of Joe Rogan. And, like, I mean, he obviously does great stuff, too. That dude's talented as fuck. But, <laughs> you know, you just, you really vibe with Joe. And, like, you just saw his numbers grow like crazy. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to try my best to not geek about how you, like, are talking about these podcasters because these are like my guys i don't know anybody <laughs> else other than you who knows this shit like I, yeah so i feel like you just touched like a part of me i feel like um i feel like i just got out of a marriage and you're like a you're like a cute guy hitting on me from across the bar and i haven't done it in ages <laughs> uh podcast <laughs> listeners this is what happens when people fall in love <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> did, you, did you wear your best shirt for me or is that like <laughs> you know i spruced up i even put cologne on i don't know why i could smell it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome but yeah no, i mean i i definitely like i'll another thing I am uh, super depressed that the church of what happening church of what's happening now is like going off the air. I realize Joey's doing the, the Patreon thing, but like, you know, to see a pioneering icon of like the most insane in stories that the internet has probably ever heard. Like it's, it's sad to see that go. Yeah. I think um, for what he just went through, I don't really know if the quote unquote canceling affected him a ton like mentally yeah. um 
but maybe he thought it'd be best to just have his fans, you know, go through, you know, and pay for, pay for their podcast. And then um, nobody outside can get to it. He, I bet he feels like he has his fans that he likes and then he doesn't have to ever, you know, reach out anymore unless he wants to go on Rogan, then he'll probably get some more viewers or whatever, but it's people specifically going for him. And I, I admire that. Um, I guess I can't really relate yet because obviously our audience, you know, my audience isn't when I mean, our, I mean my band, our audience yeah. isn't quite there yet. Um, but yeah, to me, I, but you have to realize what, and this is a part of being a really smart, you know, businessman as well is you have to realize your niche um especially mr diaz he's he's such a filthy fucking mongrel you know that (laughs) he'll say whatever the fuck yeah he's the best at it he's the best in the world and yeah so he probably knows that there's somewhat of a limit to it i think and yeah i think that's a fine move to make when you're that niche or whatever same thing with prog music i mean it's it's probably not going to be on the radio most I can see maybe a couple bands reaching a pretty high point, but mm, I don't think it'll go much further than a specific point. You know, I don't, I don't know if we're going to have like a huge prog TikTok song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? High five to you, my man, for an excellent segue right there. Cause that takes yeah. us straight into music. Um, <laughs> That nice. Uh, quite happy about that one. You know, you play in a great band audience. Check them out. Others by no one. I'll go ahead and give a shout out right now. Oh, thank you. Uh, excellent, excellent music. Um, I mean, if you wanted to like kind of go into a little bit about, you know, your band, etc. You know, I'll let you kind of take the ring. Uh, yeah. So we have one EP and we've existed for five years. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been we've been riding out the 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 accolades of that one EP for quite some time. Uh, we're in the, I mean, we are so damn close to this new record. Um, so be on the lookout for that. It should be out within the next five years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and for Kike's sake, it is. It's like over 30 minutes of music on this EP and it's a pretty broad conceptual project. Um, I, it's like book one, Dr. Breacher, I think is what it's called. I, I, yeah, I call it being a virgin till after high school metal. That's what I call the <laughs> genre. <laughs> that, that is our vibe. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that's hilarious. It, it's like high concept. Uh, it's a musical, yet it's, you know, modern metal. It's also ballads and stuff. It's, it's funny because, you know, I think that the record goes from A to Z in a lot of ways. But I, don't, I also don't think it touches a lot of the genres that I listened to in the last four years. So I feel like the new album does that too. We kind of, we hop around, man. Uh, it's almost to the point of like, if if you're a fan of one genre, you're hopefully you have an open mind and are willing to listen to all sorts of different types of music. That's the only way you can be a fan of ours. Like you can like one song, and if you're like, cool, I like reggae a ton, and we might have one killer reggae song, but after that, it's gonna go right into deathcore or 
we require a lot from the audience <laughs> and uh you know we'll we'll find our niche here soon and uh then we'll open our patreon only i feel it i yeah. it's i always like kind of respected um like that style specifically with your band and then in other bands too. Like I know that they're like in no way, shape or form as heavy as you are, but I will give uh, Radiohead a lot of head nod for versatility because they've always oh, yeah. kind of switched it up and they're doing this and then they're doing that and then they're doing this. And like, that's what their concert was like. I, I went and saw them a couple of years ago. Oh, no mean, way. Yeah, yeah, it was it was at the uh, Schottenstein Center in Columbus, um, and I I actually got uh, through a friend, um, I got like floor seats, so we're down in like the pit, thirty feet from the band. I mean, it was like incredible, super close, and um, I mean, it was incredible to watch that concert because. You know, one song was more electronica and then they'd go into more of an alternative rock song and then they'd go into more of like a piano driven ballad and then they'd go over to like a song that sounds like kind of trip hoppy and then it was just like this musical collage that was like presented to you and it was really, really cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, I see Radiohead kind of like the same way I see the band Tool is like, I super, super have this like big respect and appreciation for them but i pretty much only know the hits so if you got any recommendations it. after this you let me know and i'll check them out oh i will i will definitely i'll do it we'll, we'll do because i actually did a portion like this with another episode i'll definitely give you some recommendations um with radiohead I mean, there's an obvious jumping off point at like OK Computer with like Paranoid Android, stuff like that, which I feel like you might have heard. Um, but another good one, um, another good jumping off point is Kid A and then like mm. the subsequent record um, Amnesiac. Mm, okay. Both of those were recorded in like the same block and that's that's Radiohead's transformation of like, we're going to, we were a nineties alternative rock band. to like, we're going to be like a two thousands hybrid electronica rock band. That's like just as much inspired by like, like MF doom and like shit like that. than it Whoa. as it is like by like, you know, like alternative rock and shit. So that's those at that era right there is a good jumping off point. And then if you really like that, you can get into like uh, there's an album they did after that called hail to the thief mm. and that's where they're like we're going to completely abandon being a rock band and we're pretty much just going to do an entire album that's just like electronica pretty much and there's like oh wow yeah there's like a few exceptions like there's like a song that's like one of my favorite tracks from them uh a wolf at the door or something like that that's like radiohead writing like a hip-hop song as a band and yeah like, wow almost features like tom york rapping in a Whoa. weird way yeah. yeah it's 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 odd it's but it's like really catchy and it has like this like really kind of melodic guitar part that goes with it it's it's a cool song it was fun it's kind of funny because it's like it's almost like they were like 
all right, we have to do one track where we play like as a band traditionally because people know us as that, but we're going uh, to look going to like just take it and flip it on its head completely yeah <laughs> but it's cool um, it's cool yeah i think radiohead um and i've heard uh that kind of before um we had this conversation like because i know a few radiohead fans that they kind of transitioned into being like a whole different type of band you know than creep or whatever and um, yeah. i think they were one of those rare bands that pulled off like evolving i feel like that used to be looked down upon i feel like for years you had what you were known for and then you just had to stick with it but like anybody knows these days you have to evolve like especially like youtubers or whatever you it every few years the game's gonna change and um you know i don't feel like you have to go with every trend but the knowing that maybe you're feeling complacent or things are getting a little stale for you you're allowed to uh, to to change you're allowed to have something of it's like the same heart but like a completely different um you know outcome and i i think that is something that people are really getting hip to and i'm i'm really happy about that oh 100% it's it's allowed so much uh, creativity and growth for artists to be able to kind of <clears throat> not work within like, oh, this is what I'm expected of my sound, so I shall have to produce that, you know, but like, oh, what, what, what else can you do with it? Um, I, uh, I, a good, a good example of that, although, I mean, he was doing it a long time ago, uh, I think would be like David Bowie, who's somebody who just kind of like throughout the years just would kind of pop up, interject like some pop sensibility of what was like, like kind of big at the time, but do his version of it and then just kind of go off into his weird fucking world again. Like, <laughs> See, that's somebody you need to throw me some recommendations because I hear so many good things, but I know Under Pressure and that's it. So, I mean, that's not even one of his songs. Well, that is a, have you ever heard the story about like that's like that whole situation? No, not at all. Throw it at me. Oh, this is some good rock history, my man. So David Bowie recorded an entire album with Queen. Oh, what? we only get under pressure because David Bowie got into a fight with Brian May and Brian May said, fuck you. We're scrapping the whole record and only released that track. Are you serious? Yep. Holy shit. That's yeah. crazy. Can yeah. you imagine? And I wonder if they kept that because it was the hit or, you know, why would they just keep the one song? I, 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 don't I, even I think they that. knew it was going to be a hit, but like it was, I think it was also an insult. Like we're going to give you this one, but like it's going to make it seem like you were guesting as like a random guest. Whereas if we did the whole album, it would seem like more of a cohesive creative project, I think is my idea of it, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, deciding like two giant icons like that to like collaborate and make an album together. I, I wonder how that even comes to get, because obviously you talk about collaborating with people all the time, but to actually go and do it while they, those, they were huge both at that time. So it's, yeah. it, it's, it's insane to think that 
God damn. I, 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 well, I wonder, you know, with people dying and shit, like the post, what's it called? When you, when you fucking, when you clock out and then someone releases your album. Oh, um, I know. Uh, posthumous. Posthumous. Yes. Um, so I wonder if like, I wonder if Brian May has like the, the tracks or something. And then maybe if he, you know, not if, you know, not to be grim, but when he, when he goes, maybe they'll release like that record or something. Cause I'm sure if you said they deleted the album, like, do you think they recorded most of it or do you think they got through under pressure and that was it? From what I've read and like I, I could be wrong on this, but what I've read is that they did record like an entire album together and they oh just like God. vaulted those other tapes. Yeah, dude, that shit's definitely gonna come out when whenever whoever has the masters passes away, like that yeah. that shit's coming out. It's gonna be I don't know if it's gonna if be. If it doesn't like rock fans deserve to break into the vault. Yeah, dude. I was just thinking about this. How many Slayer albums are there? Oh, I, shit. <laughs> because we were just talking about people evolving. That's one band. I think they tried something new once. And then they went, uh, let's go back to Thrash. You know what I mean? Them, <laughs> ACDC, those, I think at least Slayer tried. ACDC, I don't even think they fucking gave, I don't think they even tried a little bit. ACDC to me is like the pioneering band of like, we've got one sound you better fucking like it because this is what we're doing and like yeah <laughs> you you better hop on board like we're not we're not changing this like <laughs> one sound five chords like five <laughs> yeah yeah and like I, i'll give that dude credit like at a certain point there's just kind of like wow you you really did everything that you could do with those five chords but then again it's also like wow, you did everything you could do with those five chords. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it, I do like ACDC. I, I even have an ACDC shirt. It's one of my cherished shirts from high school. Um, yeah. Because I no, Back in Black goes hard. Oh, dude, I forgot to say, um, the last time you saw me, I think I was 360 pounds. Um, and I, I'm happy to say that I have lost 100 pounds since I last saw you. Damn, you're on your glow up, huh? Yeah, dude. It, it, it's still, when you're 360 and you go down 100, it's still, you know, there's still some work to be done. When uh, all the pandemic stuff, you know, and I had to stop going to the gym, then I uh, glowed, I uh, darkened up a little bit since I, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then like I gained some of the weight, but I'm back on it. It's weird because you can tell when I'm losing, I can tell when I'm losing weight because I have a specific shirt that I have. And if I fit in it just right, then I'm, then I'm on my way. Hell yeah. See, yeah. I, I have just gained weight over the quarantine. I it's see. Okay. You, I, yeah, here, here see, here's what happens. Here's what happens. I come from like a long line and I, of like Irish and English folk. I think that's the reason, but like, I don't get fat in like my arms or like my legs or my face or anything like that. My chest, it yeah. just all goes right to the belly. Uh, I thought you were going to say your dick. Yeah. 
I wish that would be so <laughs> fucking cool. I like, almost thought I, this was going to be a, like a build up to a joke and you're just going to say my cock and then you're going to whip it out. And it, you know, it's not a video <laughs> podcast, so you can show me, I could go, ah, it's so big. <laughs> but, no, uh, no, I, I, I wish that it worked like that. Cause honestly, I would never stop eating. That would be like the coolest thing on the planet. But instead <laughs> I just look like a pregnant man. <laughs> no, you do not. I, mean, I swear, like, like I hide it with like baggy clothing and kind of like doing that. But if I like, it's so funny because like, and I've like been working out to try to get back into like shape. But when I was like at my peak in quarantine, like, not only could I not see my penis or toes, but like, I was at the point where I could almost like set like a drink on top of my stomach. Dude. Okay. You have a V-neck on. You're not I know. fat, dude. I can see there's one chin. Well, now you you have one <laughs> chin right now, man. I and your your camera is on the bottom. It's not above you. I I literally am seeing the view from under you, and you look great. Now maybe if it went a little bit lower, I could fucking see some flat. But do, dog, you're solid. You don't. I don't think you know. I don't think you know. I'm, I appreciate it. I, yeah, man. I, I, sometimes I take off my shirt, look in the mirror and I'm just like, well then, but it's good to know <laughs> that like, I, like, <laughs> like, it's good to know that like somebody appreciates my appearance out here, you know, uh, yeah, you got to feel beautiful somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You know, I, I, I do this thing where I comment on how handsome you are every time I see you. But I don't want you to think that's all you are either. You're funny. You got a ring on. Are you married? I no no. This is my grandfather's ring. Oh, okay. Um, but um, no, I. <laughs> are I you married? Like, <laughs> you should be. be. I Jesus Christ! I <laughs> just thinking about like somebody like especially like a woman like or a man like just being like interested with me long term is just so like like fun to think about because I've just been in so many like bad relationships that like when people when people like are interested in me in like a dating capacity I, I'm not like yeah, I'm just kind of like, really? Okay, why? Like what's up? What do you want? Like <laughs> You got do you have dysmorphia, body dysmorphia? Like, maybe, but, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I mean, I definitely think that, like, I, I'm attractive, but, like, I, I, like you, I'm in the position where, like, I'm not working out as much, so, like, it's kind of one of those things where, like, I'm not at, like, my peak shape, so I feel like shit about oh, myself. Oh, I totally get the idea of, you know, kind of having to go, damn, I haven't worked out in a while, and then you're bummed about it. I, I just didn't know if you were... Like constantly going like, I'm ugly, I'm this. Because, dude, I, I'm that way. I literally – so me losing the weight, I've felt the best I've ever felt about me in my entire life. But I've, all, I've gone through ups and downs while losing weight. Like there, there were times where I think in like a few months I lost 50 pounds. And I kept saying to myself, why, why is this not working? Why is this not working? People are like, dude, you're losing weight. Like – I can hug you all the way around. And that means like there's, and my brain go, no, no, there's no chance. There's no chance this isn't working, you know? 
So I just wanted to say, yeah, you're, you're killing it, man. But I, I get the idea of like motivating yourself, hitting, hitting, like working out. Are you like working out at home or are you like do, going to the gym? I, I try to work out at home. I do some like body weight exercises and then I have like a, um, I have like a dumbbell with like 20 pounds on it and I'll do like curls and like fucking, um, uh, the shoulder press or whatever. But, um, I miss like, cause like I would take lots of walks and like, you know, like, which I still do, but not nearly as much. It's just fucking uh, annoying, man. The quarantine fucks everything up. Oh yeah, dude. Um, well for me, what I like about the quarantine <laughs> is that um, it made me focus on a different type of exercising, which is cardio. I, I, I like kind of did 15 on the treadmill before 15 after, but that was about it. I used to only lift, you know, which is, it's good that you do any exercise at all. But like for me, I uh, am finally doing squats. My form isn't quite there yet, but I'm like doing, I'm pushing myself in a whole other way. And by myself, to motivate yourself to do a, a different type of workout by yourself is kind of a hard thing, at least for me. I feel so, it. Yeah, the, the limit of not having any harsh weights or any big weights has actually helped me in that way. The one thing that I've been really struggling with is I feel awkward working out at my home, where I think a lot of people feel the opposite. They feel work, awkward working out at the gym. But for me, that was a place, it's like clocking in. You know, I'm, I'm ready to do my thing now. Social anxiety gets me. So I'm like really bad in a gym, but I do feel, I do get where you're coming from because like, and now for the podcast, weightlifting talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's an even better transition. I started out lifting when I was in high school cause I played football and yeah. I was terrible at football. I was like, I wasn't a bad athlete, but I was just way too small. So I would just get fucking pummeled. I started lifting and like, I remember that was my thing. You go into the gym, you get your workout, you're done. And like, you like check that off the list and like, you know, you clock in, clock out. I don't know. As an adult, I've gotten like more paranoid and social anxiety and stuff like that. So it's hard for me to go to the gym, but I will say something that we both can relate to that like moment when you've been going to the gym or working out a lot and you like look in the mirror and you like flex a little bit and you're like oh fuck fuck yeah dude i love feeling like, myself yeah That's well the like shit. you start talking your shit up you're like you know what i bet prior could walk in this motherfucker right now and fuck his shit up i don't even care. <laughs> fuck it fuck it i don't yeah. care if he's in <laughs> yeah man like um i've spent most of my time feeling bad about how i look so i've had a solid year to like really in bask in like oh look um you know it's not just my calves that look strong it's it's my arms it's my it's my chest i think it's i think it's highly underrated to appreciate what you got like physically like there's that like i well i think recently uh the body positivity stuff is really is really awesome um and i think for me the way i got there was to actually feel like oh i'm taking care of my body 
you know, I, and so, you know, I'm not the guy to take shirtless pics yet. Uh, but, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the journey of like self-loathing and into like loving your body is, is, it was one of the most positive and rewarding experiences of my life. So yeah, when, when you've kind of gained back the weight during the quarantine, that, that kind of hit kind of hard because I, all, I felt all that work was going to waste, but you have to remember that progress isn't linear, you know, and, and like, yeah. you know, with sobriety, with learning a new skill, with any of that stuff, there are times where you feel weaker than others. And, you know, it's, it, whether it's a, it's because of your environment, whether it's because your, 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 your illnesses or whatever, you cannot like hate on yourself for, quote unquote slipping up just a little bit like or ob- obviously when you're sober you can't you shouldn't drink or anything at all um you know if that's what part of your deal is or whatever but to yeah. want a burger to want uh alcohol or to want something that you know is bad for you it's completely understandable and you getting and if you do relapse you know that doesn't mean you can't come back you know, it's, it's hard. In fact, it's, in my opinion, it's harder because it's embarrassing, right? To the idea of me gaining weight back was like, so, cause I spent all this time talking about how I lost the weight. So I felt like I was letting other people down, but the, you got to remember that they're still rooting for you. This isn't, this isn't like football or something where, where, where the team that you were rooting for is now losing. So they're, they're giving up on you. It's not that there are people who love you and who are totally rooting for you the whole time. They're behind you. So the, the thinking that it's embarrassing is understandable, but you can come back. You can totally rise back. And that's, I feel like that's where I'm at right now. I feel it, man. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, you definitely, and you know, you're somebody that I think, you know, you definitely like hated on yourself. Um, even to like the point um, where like, it's never like what, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but it's like never been fair to yourself. But even like when you were like a bigger guy, because like you've always been like really like, you're not a bad looking dude. Like, okay, I'll be gangster about it. <laughs> <laughs> For, like, somebody that, like, was overweight, you always carried it well, so you never looked, like, unattractive. And, like, I realize, like, you know, like, you have to live with your body, so that's a different story. But, like, as a guy, like, standing next to another guy, it's not like, oh, God, what the fuck? Were you in Chernobyl or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'd like to think I did pretty well for myself. Uh, you did, man. I was a bigger guy, yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of that was, you know – bringing a good attitude i think that is like half of your looks or half of your you know the when you walk in you kind of teach people how to treat you or how you you kind of give them a little bit of information of where your mind's at you know just from walking in and i like to think that for most most of the time i brought in a good vibe pk i 100 percent agree with you to the point where I went to, I'm not going to dox him fully, but I went to high school with a, uh, a guy named Frank. To say that, like, Frank looked like a bug is, like, an understatement. 
Like oh, he I just like fucking drowned in my water. <laughs> yeah, like he he looked like a guy who's like parents were like the common house fly, who just like happened to like pop out a human and like some weird scientific experimentation, and like Jeff granted he. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real. And like, but he was nice and positive. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, he was also a dude that like, like you worked out and kept his body like, you know, was, did stuff to make sure that he was in shape and stuff. I'm not going to name names, but like that dude fucked like so many like <laughs> hot girls at my high school. Like yeah, to the man. point where it was like, you're fucking really? Like, yeah. And, and you're just like, yeah, he's like really nice. And like, I don't know if he had like a massive penis and that was like another selling point <laughs> where it's like, yeah, he looks like a bug, but like, I mean, it's like a fucking baby's arm down there. I mean, he could like lean over and become a tripod. You have no idea. Like, <laughs> That's like, where I think women are really amazing. And um, I think yeah. that they are so like of course they care about looks to an extent i you know I, I i do believe that but women are so forgiving on that end if you're funny if you're if you're not a piece of shit cuz some guys not all guys but some guys have lowered the bar for some, like us as a whole that when you just come in with a good attitude and you don't they're not objects to you then you can do well and if you believe in yourself if you like, uh, who's that guy? He's a cook and a rapper at the same time. Uh, Action, Action Bronson. Bronson. Yeah, man, that guy can. I mean, he can pull whatever he wants because he he knows he's beautiful, right? In in his own way, and he has so much value. He knows his value and stuff. So so um, yeah, he's inspirational too. But yeah, that's that's where women are pretty amazing. Is that they. They, See, uh, you gotta you gotta visual. steal some of his vibe, man. See, you yeah. you cook a delicious meal for a lady, and then you add your own twist on it while she's eating the meal. You play bass solos over top of her just to kind of get her in the mood. <laughs> yeah, man. I I mean, you've described just how I met my girlfriend. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like doing like some kind of Jacko Pistorius style riff, like while she's like enjoying pa- like uh, pasta vigil or something. Like <laughs> I remember when I learned how to make chicken, I kept screaming out, "Husband material, that's me!" You know, <laughs> and she was in the other room, and we were, you know, we weren't dating yet, but I just kept saying it out loud. And I I put that uh I put that in her head, and I guess it stuck. No, that's so that's so amazing. Yeah, you're you're setting up you're setting up the uh, the dominoes to fall exactly at the right place. Yeah, man. I like to think. Well, I met I met you know her at a really good time. I was working out the most. I have I learned how to like say hi to a girl, and I learned how to cook. One I had one meal, and it was like <laughs> that was my go to. I you know I don't want to out anybody, but I know uh, some people who have like their dates planned out doesn't matter who it is it's like the same date every time i have the same meal every time for sure i only have one good meal that is kind of awesome just like especially like i don't know if these people do that but just to like be kind of somebody who like sleeps with a lot of people and just going to the same restaurant to where they're like oh hey steve how are you doing <laughs> yeah. do they know the you whole staff uh, it's a long sex story. with them yeah 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 <laughs> 
I don't really want to get into it right here. Um, <laughs> check, check, check out all the shenanigans on the wall, though. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, it's, it's, you get a you get a resume and your uh, application as soon as you're you're done having sex with them and you start working at that restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> dude i okay real quick side story i was working at a restaurant one time and this dude who was like kind of he was like a guy who worked in the kitchen and he was just like a fucking asshole to everybody Mm. and this idiot brought his like girlfriend to like the restaurant to for like a date kind of thing or it might not even been his girlfriend it might have just been a girl he was dating i don't know but he brought her to the restaurant and they were like eating their meal and the manager of the restaurant comes out and it's just like, we'll be seeing you at six tomorrow. Right? It's just like, make sure you did the, make sure the rolls look good. Stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, why would you come here for that? Like, what are you doing? Especially when you like, you have to have some idea that everybody like doesn't like you. Like, who the fuck? Yeah, yeah that's rough, man. <laughs> um, have you ever been on any awkward dates um, on this pandemic? Uh, I don't, I don't know what your situation is like, um, but I, I was fortunate enough to be in a relationship before this happened. Are you doing any COVID, COVID dates or anything like that? Not really. But for a kind of specific reason, I I was dating somebody um, like a good portion, well, I shouldn't say a good portion, but a portion of last year and into this year. And then like, not to get too heavy, but like I kind of had like a personal situation go down that was like incredibly fucking crazy in January. Oh, so wow. I've been kind of like still dealing with that. And it's, it's a whole thing and like i want to be able to find a way whether it be through doing all of my creative projects in different ways for one thing to be able to make this to where i can pay my bills and i don't want to be rich i just want to pay my bills you know what i mean have a little bit of spending money Um, so you're on your grind a hundred percent and like i i i I, there is somebody that like I really care about, but like I don't know if anything is gonna like happen from it because like there's like a history there. But I mean, either way, like it's just nice to like hang out with that person, you know, just to spend time with somebody. And you know, they're really cool and fun to be around and probably listens to this podcast. So, hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm saying hi too. <laughs> <laughs> what up, y'all? Uh, dude, I, oh my god. Okay, random riff time, but like I would love to just like go to bars and like hit on like men and women like Stuart Scott from ESPN. Just like, <laughs> what up, y'all? I'm Cameron Boss. Let me tell you about what's happening in the play by play for tonight. Like <laughs> I'm just like yeah. um who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learning how to um, walk up to like someone you're, you're fancying was, it was a really interesting time for me. Cause I didn't start doing that till maybe a couple years ago. I, I never like every girl. You know I had, surprising Kike. Hmm, what's that? Ditto. 
Really? What? Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I have like social anxiety issues, but yeah, I, the same thing, but go ahead and continue. I don't want to cut you off there. I don't have much of a social anxiety thing. It's more like a, it's more of the self deprecating type. So it was, it was me against me. It wasn't like me versus anybody in my head, but uh, yeah, w- walking up to somebody, I mean, is really tricky. Some, sometimes you want to end. Maybe I can tell you a story about how someone uh, quote unquote cock blocked me. Would you like to hear about that? Yeah. Drop it, my man. All right. And he did it on purpose too and we're, we're still friends oh, little fucker <laughs> yeah yeah so um and by the way this was when i was single so everybody calm the f down i'm not i'm not going to any bars recently or anything like that um so uh i was at a bar and uh, i went with a group of friends and the the goal was not to meet anybody uh, not, not not at this time just like was, a boys night or something like that yeah man but um, or I thought everybody yeah. else was like, let's go talk to other people. I mean, why even come with me? Just so you don't look like a psycho coming into the bar. It's, you know, I, like, but anyways, they all went out and, um, you know, I, I, I don't drink either. Um, just because I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I, it's not cause of anything. I just, you know, I'll drink maybe a whiskey every now and then, but that's about it. Um, I feel it. but, uh, so I'm, I'm talking to these two girls and I'm killing it. Like somehow we just got in the conversation and they're, they're really pretty and they're laughing at my jokes. You know, if, if I'm like waving my arms around, like from far away, it kind of looks like I'm like handling puppets, like a miming handling puppets or something like that. That means I'm really excited. And if they're into it, I'm good to go. You know, if they're digging on that, you know, one saying, yeah, you know, um, I'm about to graduate from doctor school and the other ones, hey, I'm about to graduate from lawyer school. And it, like these pretty, you know, prestige, prestigious, fine, nice ladies. And, you know. and for the record, they did refer to it as lawyer school and doctor school. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they did. That, see, that part I is love no, that. No, not really. No, uh, no yeah. I yeah. Love, <laughs> but I, I do like, man, if if I hit on somebody that like went to med school, I'm just be like, Oh, so you, you went to that doctor school. And I haven't got to the point where, you know, I'm, t- I haven't, they haven't asked what I do, which is great. Cause I'm a pizza delivery driver. They don't know <laughs> how many levels down I am. <laughs> they have no idea. All they know is I've played at Blind Bob's before with my band, and they they don't know I'm a bassist either, so I like to keep it that way. <laughs> that was so band insider jokey, and I love it. I love it so much. Solid, solid. Yeah. Solid. I, like, do you play well, guitar? And, and I play a guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and quick interjection, like 100% relate with the idea because like I will say I suffer from social anxiety, but I like once I have an in, I'm good. Like once yes. you get that like traction going, it's like, all right, I'm cool. I'm fine. I can operate in here. But that initial thing, ooh, ooh that's rough. That's rough. Yeah, that can be really tough. I, I There was a year where I just completely lost my like, my anxiety about it. I just, I was just finally feeling myself and I was interested in meeting new people. 
I was kind of looking for somebody really, really nice. And I don't know why I kept doing it at bars. <laughs> I think maybe the library could have been a good start. But yeah, I kept doing it at bars. Anyways, um, so they, they were actually very nice. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm swinging, I'm swagging. I'm like, hey, yo, look at this thing. And they're like, well, that's a cool thing. And then this guy that I know, um, he comes in and he goes, hey, Kike, can I have a cigarette? And I go, no, I, I don't smoke. And you know I don't, you know. So he, he literally just said that so he can interject. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's like that. And so he kept going, but I want to smoke like that, like over and over again. And so this one girl, I think lawyer school, she gave him two cigarettes and uh, they flicked them right at him. And then he, just to get the fuck out of here, you have two cigarettes. You should be gone for, yeah. you know, two cigarettes worth. And then he put the two cigarettes between his ear and his head, like, and pretended he was a bull. I, you can't uh, see it, but yeah, I can't even describe. <laughs> yeah, he kind of like wore his cigarettes as 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 bullhorns, and he kept <laughs> going, "Look, I'm a bull," <laughs> and um, completely destroyed all my confidence because I feel like a glass cannon sometimes. I can come in hard, but if you, if you ruin the flow, I can like fall apart. So I yeah. think he knew that, and so anyways, he fucked off, and then. They both asked me at the same time what I did for a living. Um, I don't think it's a big deal to everybody, <laughs> but the way I answered was not good. I said, um, well, um, you remember I, I play in a band. Um, and if you remember, I, I am employed. Like I, I, kept, I kept jumping around it. And then I said I was a pizza delivery driver. They, they left right after I said pizza delivery driver. It was rough. It was rough. I went from a sure thing to like, I felt lame. And so um, one of my other friends, he, he took me later that night and he took me aside and he said, yo, by the way, that guy, uh, the bull cigarette guy, he yeah. said to me right before he went up to me, when I was talking to those girls, he said, watch this. So he literally was out to get me. Is this is this one of your boys? He is a guy who I used to kind of he's like a friend of a friend. And I when see. he when he drinks, he gets wild. So he I think he thought of it more as a I don't know if he thought of it more as a prank or or he was just straight up like we we talked about it cuz I was like what is wrong with you know like I mean, you have to imagine like getting emasculated like that you know you you have to confront it like even if you're afraid of confrontation at that point you have to say something and i don't think we really ever got into it uh too much but yeah that was one of the worst bombs i ever had to go through it was pretty rough well i'll, I'll go on record on the pod fuck that guy what an asshole <laughs> like, to, to do yeah. Even if it's like a friend of a friend to do somebody like that, what a dick move. Like, and like, as somebody who like drinks from time to time and like has been drunk and has made a few mistakes, but is also like, I, I have entered like my area of like, I'll drink like a beer or two, but like mm -hmm. the idea of getting drunk isn't appealing anymore. It's just yeah. like, it's just not, 
interesting. And like, I, I could never day drink either. So yeah, like, yeah, I, 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 I like, I grew up around too many people who were just complete alcoholics to really like be a drinking guy. Now, same pot, different story. Somebody <laughs> wants to pass that joint. Sure. Fine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, cause there's, I've had friends that like get like that when you're, when they get drunk and it's so hard to be friends with them. Cause like, usually they're not too bad when they're not drinking, but as yeah. soon as like they start having like a couple of pints, it's just like, they start acting like such assholes and it becomes so hard to be around them. We're going to pivot off of that point into like the last little like uh, section here for the pod. And sure. I wanted to, because we talked about music earlier, I wanted to name some uh, different prog rock bands and get some uh, hot takes from you, um, okay. since you're uh, knowledgeable about the genre genre and such. So, I'll say one band- thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, if Go it's ahead. old school 70s bands, I might not know them. <laughs> but- okay. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've actually... I've got a mix here of some yeah. stuff. So like, we'll be able to, you know, it, it definitely bounces around. Yeah. Um, I'm excited either way. I'll give my hot take just by their name. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one, um, pretty big name in that field. Um, although I think they kind of venture into different genres for sure. Dream theater. Oh, yeah, I think there was a time where Dream Theater were kind of seen as this like cringe dad rock prog or whatever. And especially when uh, their drummer Mike Portnoy left, who was like a big founding member. Um, I think a lot of people, it was fun to like hate on them. But f- weirdly enough, I, I actually did not jump on that. Um, I really do respect Dream Theater you know, I don't love every album, but they have a lot of albums and they have some songs that I love. But yeah, overall, I'd say they are still one of the most respectable at that level. They they didn't sell out, quote unquote. They they kept doing the prog thing, even though they, like after they blew up, they could have just been like a regular rock band or whatever it was. They kind of played with like trends, but they did it in their own way. I don't think they really ever sold out in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and they, they seem like a band that like, while they like, they're kind of like seen as like cringy here in America. I know when they play like Europe and like Japan and shit, like they sell the fuck out like crazy, like massive arenas and shit like that. Like, yeah. They and they do well huge. here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I'll actually, I'll go on record. I've seen them twice. Yeah. I saw them once. Um, well this, see, when I saw them, it was during one of their controversial albums. It's called the astonishing. Um, it is not their most popular album, but I, I liked it enough. So, and I never saw dream theater before and they played all two hours of it and nothing else. And I think a lot of dream theater fans wouldn't want that, but it was fine at the time. I I wish I saw them with Mike Portnoy though, if I'm being honest. I feel it. See, I I got very lucky. The first time that I saw them was opening up for Iron Maiden in Detroit 
at like a outside pavilion show with Mike Portnoy still with them. Oh man. And that was, that was cool. That's like, you know, iconic metal shit, right? All there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My friend Max saw that same tour, but I think he saw them. Oh God. I think in Cleveland, but yeah, it's when they were doing Iron Maiden was doing, um, what was that album? It, it was like the space one right it was like was yeah like a, yeah yeah it's yeah. been so long it's been so long i'm a um, nerd like that where i know tours that i didn't go to <laughs> <laughs> i feel it man i feel it but yeah they they were excellent there and i mean that was that was a really cool i mean that venue was really nice and it was just a really cool experience but and i would probably like put this in like top five shows that i've ever been to I I want to say 2009 or 2010. Like yeah, I it think has it was to 2010. Be, well, maybe maybe 2008, but this is a different one. But oh, okay, I'm did, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. But they, I can't remember when it was. Um, but they did a special, and like, I'll like, I'll find. I have some pics of it on my Facebook page, and I'll like send them to you. Mm. Um. It is Dream Theater at the Newport Theater in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, yeah. At, like, full popularity reign, they decided to do a one-off show at the Newport Theater and beat Talica, a, like, Beatles Metallica cover band mix open for them, and Mike Portnoy came out and played drums on a couple of Beatallica songs. Dude, I think I heard about this, and that's fucking crazy that you went to that. It was a wild, like, just incredible show. They played for, like, a solid – because they were, like, the headlining band, so they played for, like, a solid, like, two hours. And, I mean, it was super intimate because it's, like, the Newport, so there maybe is, like, 2,000 people there max, if that, maybe – probably less, probably less. But it – it was a really, really, really cool experience. Um, yeah. But we'll move from uh, Dream Theater. Um, yes. Yes. Um, you know, I uh, don't know too many of their albums. I know Fragile, and I really like uh-huh. that. Um, but my favorite thing about Yes is, do you watch anime at all? A little bit, yeah. Like, I'm familiar with some. So, this is like, you know, only anime fans know about this, but there's this show called uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and at the end of every episode, they play Roundabout. And just the the way they time it, you know, uh, the... And then when the beat kicks in or whatever, they time it perfect. And then the, the whole still, like everything goes still and it's just to be continued. It's so fucking cool when that happens that oh. now Roundabout is like a song I listen to constantly just because of that context. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll I have lo- to check that out. That, I've heard of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. I've heard that's like a really good anime. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I really like the first two seasons. I like the first season a lot. I did not like the second season, which is twice as long. And then the third season was okay. I didn't keep watching. But uh, just the first season alone, the the way 
what I love about this generation of like art and stuff is that people aren't afraid to recontextualize things that have existed in the past and make it their own. Like, like uh, roundabout, for example, I think is, you know, is a great song, but to expose a new generation to that could be seen as tough. But luckily that anime did it. I think TikTok does that well. Um, like um, just, you, you don't know when you'll blow up. That's why you put out your stuff, you know, like, yeah, you know, you might not be famous in your time or whatever, but 20 years down the line, there might be somebody who memes your fucking song or makes a dance out of it or puts it in the movie. And all of a sudden you're, you'll be remembered for all time. And that's, I think that's really, really cool. Something that I don't, I don't know if we've ever done before. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Cause I mean, we have this ability for any person in any capacity to make, you know, almost anything, comedy videos, you know, put it up on YouTube or a podcast and put it on Spotify or whatever, or put your band on Bandcamp and like, it's at a click of a button, it's right there. And I mean, like the old uh, Vincent Van Gogh thing where like, you know, it is unfortunate that like his whole lifetime, he really didn't get the accolades he deserved. But, you know, he did get to a point where after he died and now his you know paintings are revered amongst people and like that's one of the big reasons why I create is like I learned very early on this is kind of a depressing thought but like I learned very early on as a kid that like if you don't do something creative that adds to the culture in some capacity or context like when you die you disappear and like yeah you you get talked about in memories from your relatives, but like, I wanted to be more than that. Like I wanted, like, I always just, uh, I wanted a Wikipedia page. I think almost anyone can understand that thought. Yeah. I mean, there's a million reasons why people put their stuff out. You know, they, they want to be noticed in at least some way. Um, for me, I, um, Oh gosh, this is going to be sappy, but, uh, I love, yeah, I mean, I love making people smile so much. I love, I love creating a good vibe, like around the room, you know, man, like if someone's feeling down, I like to ask them how they're doing, not just walk away, you know? And, and I think music does that a lot. Even if, if it's the saddest song in the world that can actually make you feel tons better because you, you empathize with them and um, it's healthy to fucking cry. You know what I mean? So like if that, sure. if that's what gets it out of you, you know, that's, that's good. Anger, you know, Slayer, you know, uh, all the emotions, Slayer, anger, uh, what bands, Radiohead, what, what are we going to say for that one? Existentialism. Uh, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. God damn. You just, you, you don't even listen to Radiohead. And you just nailed Radiohead's like discography. I've it's seen like, the logos. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's like, it's like existentialism. And then like, everybody is only friends with me because I'm a celebrity and shit like that. Like, All the emotions. Like, I feel this. Yeah. I feel Slayer. I feel Radiohead. No, I, sappy but good 
And like, but a hundred percent true. Like I relate to it a hundred and ten percent. I mean, um, okay. You did your sappy thing. How this is sappy and heavy, but okay. it is funny. I promise you just have to believe in me. It's going to, it's going to get heavy, but I'm going to use my ability as a comedian now oh. um, <laughs> to try to keep it somewhat light. But okay. how I got into comedy is I used to hang out and stay at my grandparents' house. I was raised by a single mother. She had me when she was 19. And I would go and stay with my grandparents' house. What I'm about to say about my grandfather makes him a shitty person, and he was, but he was more complex than that. He also showed me music and showed me how to play the guitar and, like, showed me, like, how to be creative and, like, a lot of my, like a lot of my wit and personality kind of comes from him, but he was a violent drunk. Like he was, I mean, his dad died when he was like 48 or no, he's 52. My grandfather died when he was 58. And there was one night that I was staying there where my grandmother and grandfather got into this like huge fight. And like, me being the oblivious kid that I am, I'm like in like the bedroom, have no idea what's going on. I'm playing Godzilla on the Super Nintendo, killing people by the thousands, like just being a little monster. <laughs> like, I it's no it's it's no surprise that I love Grand Theft Auto as much as I was because I did love that Godzilla game. Like, you could go destroy cities and stuff. That was part of it, and I would just like wreck buildings and just be like. <laughs> So my grandmother comes in, she's crying and she looks at me and she goes, Hey, can you come do that black preacher character? Maybe everybody will calm down. When I was a little kid, (laughs) I had stumbled on television, a black preacher. And little five, six-year-old me in my, like, one of my first impressions would just be this black preacher. So I would, like, get up on the table and I'd be like, and the Lord says, y'all must come together now. I'll tell you the Lord Jesus. And, like, I'm getting into it and I'd have, like, a fake Bible that I'd read. <laughs> so I went out in the living room and I did it. And... I don't know from that moment on, it's just been kind of whenever there's been something like that, or there's just even anything, there's just something in me where it's like, okay, lights are on. Let's do this. Yeah, man. I totally relate to that. Like, uh, thank you for sharing that number one. And, uh, I totally have been there where bad situations and you feel like it's, um, it's a calling. Like, it's almost like, all right, I feel the vibe. And um, I kind of want to lighten things up here. Like I, I've, I've been there. I've, I've been, you know, I've used laughter as, you know, uh, like a diversion or whatever. Because obviously it's good to feel something. But if it, you know, if, if you can make someone laugh, you can like avoid a whole situation sometimes, you know, like a tense, you know, or otherwise. So that, that's really cool, man. I, I, and I vibe to that. I feel it, man. I, I, uh, yeah, the, the power of humor is 
uh, awe inspiring. But so, anyways, Dream Theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, no, fucking I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. yes, guitar parts. Anyway. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, enough about personal trauma. These fucking prog rock bands. <laughs> This fucking what's, music. <laughs> what's more relatable, dude? It's actually, you You brought up uh, the point of what people expect from prog rock, which is like an excellent uh, jump off to uh, this last band that I'll ask you, uh, which I think, I'll go on record, I think they get put into this category, and I think it's unfair because I think they're more psychedelic rock than like prog rock per se and if they are prog rock they're like poppiest prog rock ever and that's not a bad thing because i i appreciate what they do but i'd love to get a hot take on pink floyd from you oh pink floyd once again see this is <laughs> i hope i'm not ruining your segment but i i don't know like too much pink floyd i uh I think that's why we started talking about like our interpersonal feelings about the world is to distract you about how I don't know any of these bands other than. Dream <laughs> um, so like P Pink Floyd, I'll share a memory I have of Pink Floyd. Um, yeah. So when I was, um, I think 14, my dad got me my first phone, like cell phone. And this phone, um, it wasn't new by any means. It was, I mean, pretty old even back then. But what was cool about it is it had two ringtones that weren't just like, beep, 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 beep. you know, it, it wasn't, it, there was like a legit song on there. Yeah. There was the first one, I don't remember. And then the second one was a live version of, um, of Comfortably Numb. And that could have been your ringtone. And so I only had one real song on my phone, but I, I had a pair of headphones and I didn't have an MP3 player. So when my dad went to go to an office or something, or he had to take care of some kind of errand that didn't involve me at all, um, uh -huh. I would just be left in the car and I would listen to that song over and over again. Cause that's the only song I really had other than if I wanted to listen to like some ringtone. I think it was Garth Brooks too, which, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. I just well, didn't listen to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that like the selections were Garth Brooks and Pink Floyd, like two very like polar opposite, like people <laughs> like that's, that's amazing. No, no. I, I feel it. I feel it too, because like my music project now. So like, I, I actually enjoy the segment that we just did just because like I do like kind of more electronica stuff now, but like, I'm not a big electronica fan. Like there's some stuff that I like, but I'm not like incredibly well versed in the genre. It was just something that I wanted to like make. So like whenever people ask me for like influences and stuff like that, or what I like in the electronica field, I'm just like, well, I'm not, uh, there's a couple of things, but like, I was more inspired by like what inspired my current music project was like Mad Libs, like sampling style and like the way he kind of like structures his songs with like little to no choruses. It's just like a verse or two and it's like super short. 
Um, it's kind of meant to like flow like one whole record. It's kind of like an interesting vibe. And then I also took that and then I kind of mixed it with like Gorillaz-esque instrumentation. Yeah, and like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And like I, but that's, and like there are individual things, but they're not like electronica. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, like one of them, like I was really inspired by Herbie Hancock's funk jazz record. I, um, I can't remember what the fuck that's called, but that's a great record. So I, I totally get it where, you know, you get kind of put into a, a box and it's not really, you know, exactly what a band or your musical identity comes from. So let me ask you this, like, what would you say are like the bands that inspire you musically? Like, like, oh, that's cool. I would like to make something like that. So something about me is I change my biggest influences constantly. It, uh, so one band that's always been super consistent with me and it's possibly still my favorite band ever is Tenacious D. Um, they have never oh, yeah. stopped being my favorite band. Like, I think I got their album at a really, really young age. Like, I think I was 10. I mean, it was pretty young when I started listening to that stuff. I, I always liked the idea of like comedy and music. I think it's really hard to pull off. I don't think a lot of bands do it the best or, you know, like that make me, I think there's like a sacrifice with it. I think there's like, oh, the song's really funny, but it's not that great of a song or it's like, or the better choice out of the two I'm mentioning right now, which is it's pretty funny but it's a pretty okay song. You know, I think Tenacious D somehow, I think they cared more, more about the song, which is good. And I think it's more important because you're, you're only going to get that surprise once. So Tenacious D somehow have stayed funny, but even more importantly, have been a bigger influence on me musically than almost any other band. I, uh, Maybe, I want to give you a, a quick recommendation just to interject. Um, since you like like the music and like the comedy and especially like music that's like well-crafted, not like, you know, suffering because of the comedy, you should listen to the dead milkman, my man. The dead. Of course you give me a band. That's like, what is that? <laughs> you, so you love these. let me check it out. No, for sure. There, if you can um, pull up dead milkman, bitchman, bitchin Camaro. It's kind of different from their sound because they're kind of more punky, but it's kind of like uh, starts off kind of a loungy kind of song, but the lyrics are hilarious. Oh, sick. Yeah, actually, that's something I, I, I'm, I will totally check that out after the podcast. We were talking about uh, Tool earlier, and they're not like a like they can be funny, but they're not like a particularly like hilarious band, but <laughs> They have, uh, I think it's on Ainema, or um, I think so, maybe not. But on one of their like albums from the '90s, they have a track called "Hooker with a Penis." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like that, that song is hilarious. Like that story of that guy who like thinks that he like knows the band and is like, "You guys sold out," and he's like, "No, you fucking idiot! I sold out a long time ago. I sold my." He's like, I sold my soul to make a record dipshit and then you bought one. <laughs> On that note, sailors, soldiers, simps, 
<laughs> any other S word that the audience can find? Salutations, partner. Uh, we're going to hit the dusty trail here. Going to end up after another pod perched up next to the fire. Look out in the distance. Who's that? Is that Kanye West hanging out in the wilderness? He's a problem. So obviously, a hog time, you know. <laughs> now, once I got done telling Kanye about all my hip-hop records and trying to get more lyrics from him, I did let him go, and that is the reason why he's causing as many problems as he is now. <laughs> he might be creating a lot of problems, but he'd make a great president. You have to give him that much. It would be amazing. It would be so fucking funny. Like, it would be so fucking... Just like, man, you thought Trump was unhinged? This dude's going to pop off like nobody's business. He's going <laughs> to drop three albums during the presidency. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the aliens are real. I told y'all. <laughs> yeah, he, he like takes like a, like an NPC pad and, and makes like a new remix version of like the Star Spangled Banner that has like a soul beat behind it. <laughs> 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 sorry i'll let you in the podcast i just no that was fun folks have a good evening or day or whenever you're listening to this junkhead is out the toxic drink theory in america yes america not other countries we don't have a single problem or a toxic source it's multiple and allows one who, if they happen to sip of multiple sources of toxicity, it can brew into something horrifying inside you. What's your toxicity? Some specific type of racism or bigotry. Anger and rage with a dash of depression and anxiety. Political or religious hatred. It seems to start with a combo of these three things and when it morphs into its final form or it ages into its own to go along with this metaphor that I started. So I get the natural inclination of want to shut down any place that allows us to grow, but you have to pinpoint its exact location. The mission is to find the source.